Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, coming to you from the Achimota area of Accra. I have another live interview I'm so excited for with the lovely young woman who is just so dynamic. I'm just so happy that my network has brought us together. Another Local Citizens guest has brought us together, and she's in Accra deciding if this is her next city. So we're hoping that we've made a good impression on her. So let me get to her bio. She is a former refugee from South Sudan, resettled in the United States with her family. She has worked with various immigrants, migrants, refugees, indigenous communities, and women groups, both domestically and internationally. She is a notable international speaker and an advocate for displaced communities. Her advocacy work took her to the White House during President Obama's term in office. She has hosted cultural events and facilitates dialogue on conflict resolution, anti-racist race relations, and peace building. She's also a mediator and teaches mediation, conflict coaching, restorative justice, and conflict transformation. Yamal Tudil. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel like just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you guys don't utilize in East and West Africa. We utilize in East Africa. All okay, the time. D- tell, tell the audience what utilate is. So, in, so in, in the Nuer culture, mm-hmm. in the South Sudanese culture, so I happen to be Nuer, mm-hmm. and the Nuer people are at the border of Ethiopia and South Sudan. So, okay. I, I'm a border. I straddle borders. Okay. And so whatever is a happy occasion, mm-hmm. there's a celebration, uh-huh. people have to mutilate. Okay. Right? So in my Ethiopian mutilating, we say, ah. and then in my South Sudanese uh-huh. side, we say, ah. So, oh, okay. as a young woman, you have to learn how to do that because, sure. let's say, for weddings, I was gonna say, uh, if people are silent and they are not making these noises, like then you'd be like, nobody's happy. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting... So when I came here, we went out, and I'm like, oh my God, let me utilize it. They're looking at me like, sis. It's true. <laughs> the West, I don't think we really do that. What happened? What happened? Um, that's a really good point. And so maybe... I'm going to do some research on that yeah. because, yeah, I feel like there has to be something because we have all those same types of, you know, gatherings, happy, happy feeling things. Even within the Native Americans, um, yeah. when I used to work uh, with the Ponca tribe in Nebraska, sure. they utilize. Sure, sure. And it was like, when I did that, the elders were like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up, what? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, hold up, what? You guys utilize to in this hemisphere? Like, yeah. how did that migrate? So, so we have to do it because... There's no way that it hasn't yeah. been here, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. Listeners, stay tuned. We're gonna find out what West African mutilation mutilation mm-hmm. is like. Okay, so do it again. Let's see. Oh, so, so this is the Ethiopian mutilation. Okay. Like, okay. okay. And in the South Sudan, we go. Hi-dee! Okay, what are you doing with your tongue for the my South Sudan? My tongue is on my, the roof of my uh, mouth. Okay, for then, the... Yeah, for so, the South Sudanese one. Okay. And if you want to be a bougie auntie, yes. you, hold your, you, you often have to hold your, uh, your Stick. teeth. Uh-huh. Oh, your teeth are just like... Ay! Yeah. Ay! There you go. See, you can Oh, I, see, I can Ay! do it the bougie way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up. You can, put it, you can do it the bougie way. Normally, those aunties... Gold bangles on their hands. Okay. So they're showing. Okay, so I gotta, I gotta get some gold bangles. (laughs) No, 
Okay, so you kind of answered my first question. So my first question is, where are you from? Where are you local? And what is your craft? Oh, man, where am I from? That's a really interesting one. So I'm originally, my family is South Sudanese, mm -hmm. also Ethiopian, right? Um, again, if many of you are familiar with what happened, the partition that happened between India and uh, Pakistan is literally when the, the Wa people, when they were having fun drawing, drawing our borders, uh, my family got separated by border. Uh, so mm -hmm. linear-wise, Homestead is in South Sudan, but my family migrated also to Ethiopia. I was born in Ethiopia, so mm -hmm. I've only been in South Sudan for a year of my life, and that was during migration from war. So I, I, most of my cultural being, it's Ethiopian, but then I learned my newer ways at home when we were resettled in the U.S. Mm. So I would say I, I'm from South Sudan and Ethiopia. I'm a local in the United States, and uh, hopefully, you know, I'll migrate. I'll, I'll, I'll migrate soon to yeah, Accra. A, you'll have a new local. Yes. Okay. And so, what is your craft? My craft, oh my God, what, see, I ask, I tell people all the time, I'm a black woman, you should ask me, what is not your craft? Mm. <laughs> what is not mm -hmm. your craft, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is my craft? I do many things. So my formal background is, I'm a practitioner of conflict resolution. So I am an adjunct professor. I teach mediation and conflict coaching, conflict transformation, and restorative justice. And I fell in love with teaching. It's my second academic year of teaching at a graduate level. So I'm Literally teaching the three classes I took for my master's degree mm. and since I was doing the work my co-professor and I were invited to teach since we're doing the work and mm. um, it's been really meaningful just to see that can I curse on this podcast <laughs> yes okay <laughs> We keep it real. Okay. We keep it it's real. been phenomenal that I'm my fucking young folks uh, <laughs> to like really think outside the box and particularly with young people in the States and yeah. my students that are white, white men. I'm like, you Ooh. are the, you are the privilege holder. How do I mind fuck you to use that privilege for the mm. betterment of everybody, including yourself? Mm. Right. So for me, I keep it real in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I really enjoy that piece of uh, yeah. the work that I do. That's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, that's tricky. Okay, so tell us what these courses are. So basically with mediation is, um, we I'm teaching from a community mediation style, right? Because mm -hmm. there's various communication, sure. mediation, there's litigation, there's corporate and all of that stuff. I'm community. I love okay. community. Okay. So with community mediation, it's just basically teaching my students how to facilitate mediation. But with that, it's not so much doing it but it's also checking themselves so a lot of the work mm. as a mediator is on you because when you have two parties coming and sitting together you have to check your bias your own biases mm -hmm. you have to mm -hmm. check all of your biases yeah. so that you can actually keep the integrity of the process yeah so that is literally what mediation is and then conflict coaching if the parties are not willing to mediate then you can coach them on how to talk to each other. Mm. So that so does that happen separately? Yeah. So you so I've been in mediation before, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I had a business issue, and so we did mediation. So yeah. I think we first did separate, mm -hmm. and then we came together. Is that the the similar? So, and yeah, that was a litigation kind of. Yeah, one, that so. was litigation. Yeah. But then also, when it comes to that, it comes into shuttle diplomacy. Mm. So the mediator become, you know, you do mm -hmm. the shuttle diplomacy. Oh, yeah, here, here, yep, here, here, back here, forth. Yep. Oh, okay. Shuttle diplomacy, that's what uh -huh. I 
feel was happening. Ah, okay. With uh, mediation, there's actually a part of the training that when you start together, if you have to speak to each of the party privately, we call it caucusing. Ah, yes. yes. So yes, that's yes. also what might have happened is that the mediator caucus with each of y'all to say, sure. okay, this is their side. This, this is your side. No, actually, I'm talking to you. Like, let's say if money is if money is involved, I'd be yeah. saying, okay, what is your final price? Yeah. Right. And yeah. then we can have that conversation. And if you want me to share it, I can share it. But if you want me to keep it confidential, it'll be confidential between me and you. Mm -hmm. But then at least I know what your final price is. When I go back to the other people, I'll be like, yeah. okay, what is your final price? Sure. Right. So that I, as a mediator, could know where each party are from. Mm -hmm. But often, a lot of the disputes are not that deep. Is it's basically human beings just want to be recognized, mm -hmm. right? It ends mm -hmm. up being relationship. Mm -hmm. A lot of our mediators, we teach them, find the common ground. And the common grounds are often relationships and people feeling hurt yep. and wanting apologies. Mm -hmm. So for my non-students of color, for me, it's having them check their biases yeah. of all level, yeah. right? And yeah. if they are students of color, it's for me really empowering them to also check their them, fears yeah, or something there you go. yeah check their fears yeah. and all of that stuff so yeah. that's what mediation is and then of course restorative justice is a community model from west african communities and indigenous people yeah. also my people in south sudan or the newer people we practice restorative justice so mm -hmm. restorative justice is looking at let's say if you stole a bread mm -hmm. instead of saying all right you stole the bread you're going to be punished for you know, 30 days in jail. Restorative justice looks at why did you steal the bread, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so instead of mm -hmm. punishing with a punitive justice system, we would just forget about you, throw you away. Restorative yes. justice looks at the community. What is the impact on everybody? Yeah. So right. let's right. say you stole the bread because you were hungry and your family needed food. Mm -hmm. Let's go look at what's wrong with that. If it's a systematic thing, mm -hmm then it's a matter of looking at the systems. And then for you, it's maybe having to work with the shop owner of really just, okay, I'm gonna work with the shop owner for the next 30 days, you know, to pay off because I've done this instead of throwing you a jail. Mm -hmm. into jail so that's basically mm -hmm. what restorative justice is mm. yeah and then conflict transformation is transforming conflict right often people look at conflict as something negative right we look at conflict from all aspect of it of how do you really transform negative conflict into positive conflict and positive conflict into you know something else but that course really goes deep within yourself so i teach a lot more about compassionate listening instead of active listening. Mm -hmm. So active listening, you get in mediation and restorative justice. With conflict transformation, you look at compassionate listening where you actually listen with your heart. Hmm. Yep. So how do you teach that? Oh, girl, listen, you need to come and sit in one of my classes. I do. <laughs> I do. So okay. compassionate listening is it's it's what stories. It's a storytelling. Uh -huh. It's okay. very storytelling like and, and really having you go into empathy and not sympathy. Yes. Yeah. So okay. That's, got that's it. where we go. Got it. Got, yeah. it. got it. Got it. That's deep because I feel like we don't teach children empathy no. soon enough because that should ultimately, in my mind, be the mm -hmm. place where we, we're always starting, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of dealing with each other. So it's like we're not saying, oh, poor poo poo, whomever. It's mm -hmm. like we're all human. And so how do I relate to you and what you're doing from a real connected mm -hmm. instead of a, you know, 
I want to say, outsider's perspective. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So very, that's, very That's interesting. just a little thing you know, and then I'm also a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and I also okay. have a nonprofit. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so I so do a lot of stuff. You do. So let's talk about, so, I mean, what we were just talking about, about empathetic mm-hmm. and, you know, compassionate listening. Mm-hmm. So um, we're finding now in 2021 that we have a whole new industry around DIE. Okay. Or DEI, DEI, around DEI, yeah. right? And by and large, most of the women or people that are running those divisions, heading it up, I've seen so many of my friends, colleagues, are black women. Mm-hmm. So what is your perspective on that? I mean, obviously we're able in doing it, but, yeah. but there's something to unpack in that. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we, we obviously know how to do yeah. it, but, but what is, you know, there's always this kind of like, mm, I love that the sister's doing it, but yeah. we're, we're still in this system where you get pigeonholed, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily get the resources you need to do yeah. whatever the job is that you do. So tell mm-hmm. us about that experience. So it's unique. Mine is unique. So mm-hmm. my title is it's just, I think it's just a title because I've been doing the work. Sure. Um, so with this organization that I'm working with, uh, we started a conversation like a year prior that I even got on. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate enough that I have friend conversation with the CEO, um, mm-hmm. my supervisor, because mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, we're going to have real conversations. Um, When uh, they were actually acquiring a mediation organization Mm. when they approached me, and Mm -hmm. this was a year later, uh, and that when uh, we started the conversation, I used to work for the city of Philadelphia okay. as a gambling coordinator, and then they were one of my providers in doing evidence-based programming in the school system. Mm -hmm. So when I was approached with a conversation, I saw that, you know, the CEO of the organization was reading White Fragility. I was like, hey, white woman doing Mm -hmm. the work. Mm -hmm. I like, she doing the work. She out here reading White Fragility. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And we just kept the conversation. And when they really approached me, it was first they approached me with a mediation director. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but this was after George Floyd. Okay. Okay, so, when they approached me, I said, listen, you know I'm a black woman. Black women right now, we're being recruited by organizations to try to yes. you know, say, hey, we're doing this work and so forth. Like, I'm not ready to come and perform. If the impact that I'm needing to make in the organization if it's just going to be hiring that we hired a black woman. Yeah. And for me, I'm not just a regular black woman. I'm like the original woman, sure. right? Sure, <laughs> so, right. So right. I'm like, it's like, yo. <laughs> um, and we had a frank conversation because she uh-huh. was just like, no, you know, this is a role that we've strategically been thinking about. And oh, our, okay. the organization just hit 50 years. Ah, um, okay. And, and what is the organization? Uh, Cora. Cora. Okay. Yeah, Cora Services, and they are based in Northeast Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do phenomenal work for children and, and families in whether it's speech therapy, whether it's physical therapy, whether it's after school. We have so many programming. And as they were acquiring this mediation organization, they saw that I have that background, but then I've also done a lot of my work in DEI without me even knowing. Sure, exactly. And they literally yeah. went and they were like, hold up. You have these two roles. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just kind of combine? Because if you're going to do 
mediation full-time, you're going to get bored because we're acquiring this organization. We have mm-hmm. to learn all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we also need a DEI mm-hmm. a piece of it, and you're already doing it. So right. why don't we just, you know, you do 60% DEI and 40% mediation to just kind of. Okay. So I was like, okay, we can do that. We mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been very fortunate that I've been supported by the yes. organization, by the yes. leaders themselves. Yeah. But I've had conversation with my counterparts that are, in white spaces mm-hmm. as the consultants mm-hmm. and they are not the face of the organization so mm-hmm. you know white women will go and sell the products and then they'll come in as oh this is our consultant you can work with her now or you can work with him now mm-hmm. or they right so mm-hmm. it's it's been very problematic it's just like any other field it's like we're being used while they're sure advantaging yeah. that yeah. yeah yeah it's a mess. Oh, new, new, new issues. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get into your work at your not-for-profit mm-hmm. and some of your other mm-hmm. um, creative endeavors, let me ask you why the where. And this is a big question mm-hmm. because, and I and I want to put that in the context of why the how your family mm-hmm. came to the U.S. And I know you have a very, you know, this is a story that has put you on the map mm-hmm. and in many spaces. So tell us more about that. So what had happened was, (laughs) (laughs) a lot had happened, y'all. Yeah. A lot has happened. So, yeah, I survived wars. Mm -hmm. I've survived wars. And it's it's unfortunate now that the two countries that I love, that I call home, are still going through conflict. And for me, I think that's what makes Ghana so special is that Mm -hmm. I can find stability here. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I don't have to run. Mm. Right. And so this kind of been my thought process as I've been here and and meeting people and so forth. So um, in 1991, uh, a war broke out in Ethiopia. And then my mother was in the capital with my younger brother and my dad. And of course, I'm an African. My dad has multiple wives. Mm -hmm. Uh, His second wife and my grandmother and aunts, we were at the border. When the war broke out, we fled. Mm-hmm. We went back to Sudan, and my mom stayed in the capital. Mm-hmm. So for a year's and, time... And at that time, it was still Sudan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, still Sudan, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it was still Sudan. And so uh, we fled. It was during the rainy season, and we just we made do with what to do, as they say. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked. So it, my, my six-year-old self walked to Sudan for safety mm. during the rainy season mm-hmm. with my late grandmother and, and family members. So, and at that time too, during that walk, we were also being bombed by the North. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was, it's, it's interesting now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh, dang, I had a horrible childhood. Yeah, yeah. So do you, I mean, I think children who experience trauma often mm-hmm. have very vivid memories yeah. of their, their growing up. Do you? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I've done therapy. Yeah. Yes, therapy. People. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've done therapy, and it's interesting because the horror of war is not what's vivid. It's mm. the memory of joy mm. and the storytelling that oh. my grandmother have gone through. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the most horrific memory I remember. I'm not focusing so much on that the horror piece. It's eleven o'clock. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Uh-huh. But the piece of my brother stepping on somebody's shit because we had to take cover from being bombed. And we just laughed it out because we call him shitty foot the whole day. <laughs> right? The memory of us trying to get water and seeing flow, you know, body flowing in the river, it's mm, like a backdrop sure. compared to that. Sure. sure like, we were just sure. like, yo, we are out here trying to survive and you can't even know where to stop. Like, the fuck? <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 yeah, the levity. Of At life. least that's yeah. for me, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. but a lot of other children, adults now that have survived war, of course, they have different sure. way of dealing with traumas. Sure. For me, the humor has been the way that my family has dealt with trauma. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, so you ended up walking to Sudan mm-hmm. at the time mm-hmm. and then a year later a year later we had to walk back to Ethiopia because then a war, war started yes yep, a war was going on yes. in Sudan and this was the war that ultimately culminated in the split it's been it's always been it's always uh, been from 1983 until 2005 there's always been conflict that's was in Sudan, Sudan. Mm-hmm. that's right yep yeah, yep. yeah so yeah. I was born in displacement I guess you know if my family yeah, did right. not go to the newer side that are in Ethiopia I would have you know been born in Sudan and the rest would have been history and we would have not right. been here today right <laughs> right, right. And, and I think that highlights this whole <sighs> The borders, the borders, the borders. I think, I hope one day, if we can survive and be together with our peoples, Mm -hmm. that we can redesign our map for our own connectedness and our own, you know, because you're not really of two countries, right? You're one, right, you're (laughs) one. You're of one cultural origin, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And there was no line that dropped between nope. you, and so you're 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 at the mercy of this person's power struggle. So no, it's interesting you should say that because mm-hmm. you know with the newer people mm-hmm. in Ethiopia, we're a minority ethnic group. Mm-hmm. So I know what it feels like not to have privileges. But mm-hmm. in South Sudan, we're the second largest ethnic group. Mm-hmm. So I know what it feels like to have privileges. Right. And you know, what right. comes with that. So it's, it's, it's been an interesting dichotomy to be like, oh, I'm in this community that I'm a minority and often comes with being tokenized, but then also not being mm-hmm. recognized because mm-hmm. an Ethiopian woman, what the media has perpetrated is light skin, you know, yeah. long hair or whatever. Yeah. When I show up and I'm like, I'm Ethiopian, they'll be like, say what? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, so Ethiopia is hot topic oh, currently. Black currently. Jesus, black Jesus. <laughs> it is, and so I just want to touch just really summarily mm-hmm. on what your because this is yeah. you, you live it you know mm-hmm. it so for our listeners give us a little bit of a backdrop on what exactly has been the issue what your knowledge is of or just your your yeah. vision for a way forward because this is so is this this it's a lot it's a lot mm-hmm. because social media has made it very difficult for people to speak on the Ethiopian issue yes right and I even posted the other night a post on Instagram because a lot of people have a lot of my Ethiopian family have been calling me out as to why have you been silent about the war and not talking about it and I literally wrote and said many of you don't know me many of you don't know I personally many of you don't know that what the horror of war has done Mm -hmm. right a lot of the social media warriors that are out nowadays, they've never experienced war firsthand. Mm. So they don't understand the comp, like what's going to, like they don't understand their actions Mm -hmm. of those that are fleeing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of course, there's war terminologies that's being utilized, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that is not being utilized right. Mm. The word genocide, um, mm, okay. you know, yeah, tr- atrocities are happening between the government and TPLF, right? Yes. The opposition. Sure. And of course, they are refugees. The Tigaray people are yes. refugees. The Tagarus are refugees. Yes. 
Ain't nobody can deny that, right? So it's this balancing that the government is also doing wrong and also the opposition is doing wrong, right? Mm. At the end of the day, our people don't realize that we're being used. Mm. My motto is I will always choose humanity over politics, point blank, period. Point blank, period. But right now it's like, the war has been so politicalized, like Obviously. the, the, the yeah. politics piece of it. Sure. And then, of course, as African, it's been ethnic, right? It's been uh, tribal. Uh, sure. Now people are identifying with their tribal identity, sure. right? Sure. Uh, so it's, it's, for me, it's, it hurts yeah. because I know what those girls are going through. Mm-hmm. I know what those children are going through. I mm-hmm. know what those mothers are going through, mm-hmm. fleeing the northern region of Ethiopia to go to Sudan. And Sudan mm-hmm. also... It's not welcoming it's, no, them. No, no, it's not about welcoming them. Uh-huh. Sudan went through a coup a couple of weeks ago. Yes, that's so, right. So, listen. Yes. Oh. Uh, from, the, from the fire to uh, the, from the hot water to the fire. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, and I just tell people, like, before you social media shame anybody to speaking out, mm-hmm. check yourself first because you don't know what they're going sure. through. Sure. Because for me, I'm trying to keep my sanity. Yes. Because I'm being triggered. Yes. At the same time, it's yes. doing the work in silence. Yes. Advocating. Yeah. And not just yeah. being over here posting, doing right, this. Right, right, right. And, and thinking of the people. Yeah. Yeah. The people who are actually in it. In and it. have to live. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to subject myself, subject myself to the imagery that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Because that's me. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. live my daily experience because yeah. it's like that'll take me back to my six-year-old self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's 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 unfortunate, but I think for me, it's I, there's a lot of stuff, man. I'd be calling out my y'all, my cousin, my West African cousins. That you know, a lot of issues are happening in East Africa, but they're never known to the West. Exactly. Right. And yeah. our loudest cousins of all are the Nigerians. I'd be calling them in lovingly. I don't call people out in restorative justice. We call people in. Right. Ah, uh-huh. Okay. Yes, okay. we call you in lovingly. Okay. Uh, we don't call you out because when you're calling somebody out, you know you're you're you know it's, it's negative. Not, yeah, it's exactly. negative. I'm calling yeah. you in lovingly, right? Ah, um, uh-huh. Yeah, because for us it's like it's, it's. I remember when N Star was happening, and I was you know, and that was during like Clubhouse days. Where, oh, like early, yeah, early, early last year, yeah, early yeah, Clubhouse, yeah. where yeah. I learned so much about Nigeria, the people, mm-hmm. the movement, and all of that. And a lot of us East Africa were in those spaces. We're like, how can we help? What can we do? All mm-hmm. of these things, because we knew if Nigeria falls, yeah, we're, what we're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> as right. Africans, we're right. all fucked, right? right? But when issues are happening to us in the East, it's like often, you know. West Africans have a lot more voice on social media, a lot more voice mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. internet. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Right, right. So we're like, how do we balance each other's stories? Sure. And we're not, you know, it's like this borderless thing that we're talking about. It's yeah. like, okay, my family's hurting on the other side. Yeah. What can I do yeah. to pick them up and say, hey, yeah. like right now, Sudan doesn't have internet. No news is coming out of Sudan. And I think that's why. Because mm-hmm. our challenge is, is that the governments on that side mm-hmm. are much more effective at shutting shutting it, shutting it down. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. I was listening to a program just the other day. It's like, the issue is that we have governments that have the ability to shut mm-hmm. out all communication. Mm-hmm. And then that there in, is the issue with, with holding back yeah. the public and silencing and holding us back from even being able to say something. Mm-hmm. So I can honestly say... I have found it difficult to really understand mm-hmm. everything that's going on because you're right. There's yeah. a lot going on mm-hmm. in East Africa. So until the BBC decides to cover oh, it in girl, a certain mm-hmm. way, 
maybe Al Jazeera, <laughs> you know, then yeah. then we might really yeah. know what the story is. But the, the those who are like the I want to say the citizen journalists yeah. who are really mm-hmm. who we would rely on, they don't have a way out. Yeah. And so I hear you. And there's many yeah. people in the diaspora that are speaking. So I think it's a matter of us making sure that. Your, fo- your base that you're following is diverse. It's not yes. just, you know. So yes. for me, people be like, wait, how do you know this is popping off here, there? I'm like, because ah, you've done my, the work. Yeah. my friends, yeah. my circle, even me being here, sure. I met our friend, we met in Cuba, right? Yeah. It's like, and then now I'm meeting you like, hey, yeah. like yeah. truly being global citizens, making mm-hmm. sure that your circle is not the same, right? Mm-hmm. Being mm-hmm. able to say, I could say right now in my circle, it's like, I pretty much have global people in my and mm-hmm. it's in not just yeah in my yeah. network yeah. yeah 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 wow um but i appreciate that that's mm-hmm. that's really insightful in terms of yeah we all have our own struggles so mm-hmm. we all have to be able to live it and still advocate in the way that we can mm-hmm. so i i appreciate yeah. that and i will do a little bit of research listeners just to kind of give a summary as much as i can about wh- how we can help mm-hmm. with the conflict in, in Ethiopia and, yeah. and understanding. I have some friends in Addis and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're okay here. No, Addis is fine. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of um, misinformation that's happening. Yes. So even the news that's happening is, 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 is problematic. Mm-hmm. The way the West has been posting mm-hmm. and the way that media is also being used as a weapon of war also. Of course. So it, getting the right opinion is mm-hmm. really difficult right now particularly with this uh, Ethiopian conflict yeah where South Sudan um, they're in the process of implementing a peace agreement that was signed in 2016 because the first one that was broker in Ethiopia fell apart in 2016 so they got another one okay they're trying to implement that and that's going really really slow so right. hopefully nothing pops off right <laughs> okay. right 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 yeah what is it that's that's a whole workshop yeah it is (laughs) on the the region like that general region Mm -hmm. and i feel like it probably is a workshop in the tribal dynamics as opposed to the country dynamics so that we would Mm -hmm. really understand Mm -hmm. okay why are these things breaking down the way that they're breaking down and how do we empower the people who are there because everyone was really happy when south sudan became its own country and then how what is it now almost 10 years it's 10 years old yeah yeah 10 10 years later we're we're kind of still wondering how how is it how is a new the newest nation in the world, right? No, girl. Barbados. Barbados are oh, youngest yes. siblings. Listen, <laughs> Barbados with bad yes. girl Riri being the. Yes. No, Barbados is our youngest sibling, right? As yeah. of last week. Yeah. And I, I joke in my circle, friends, I'm like, we need to tell these South Sudanese politician uncles they can't use this excuse of, oh, well, I, you know, we're the youngest country, we're still a baby. Ah, you're 10 years old. You're eating, yes. you're eating fufu and banku. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have teeth. Yes. <laughs> Barbados is the new baby now. So you people get your act together. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Banku, actually, yeah. we, uh, in Arabic, it's called Asida. Asida. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. So when our friend was telling me, oh, we need to try Banku, I'm like, yay. I went to try Banku. I was like, this is. A- <laughs> 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 I'm like, this is Banku. Ooh, this is Asida. Asida. I'm yes. like, and the, except Banku is a little bit softer because I think oh, okay. you guys use cassava in it too. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, sometimes. Because yeah, somebody yeah. told me like in a different region of it, you guys just use a mill- millet? The corn or millet. Yeah, corn, so yeah. it could be corn, it could okay. be millet. 
But yeah, so yeah. I might so add... Asida for us is corn, right? Ah, okay, yeah. okay, so okay. in Arabic, it's called Asida. In my newer language, we call it mean. Mean. Uh-huh. Ah. And then in Amharic, we have something similar, but okay. we call it gumfo. Gunfo. Gunfo. Okay. Yep. So the same kind yeah, of it's like the same, ball, the same ball texture. And yep. then you, you eat yeah. it with different so sauces. With, so with soups. gumfo, it's literally almost like a lava. Like a like oh. yeah, like like a lava. Yep. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So and then you yeah. So basically you'll put it uh, in the bowl and then in the middle you'll put the sauce in the middle. So it uh, looks like it looks like a volcano. It's, pr- it's prettier. The, it's prettier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's prettier. So wait, so you have Baku with what? So we do with okra. Okra yeah. stew. We do okra oh, you stew. Do? Yeah. Oh, girl. Our food is the same. Listen, watch Auntie Dr. Harris, you know, with the yeah. High on the Hog. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So High on the Hog, phenomenal, phenomenal documentary mm-hmm. on Netflix. Yep. And Dr. Harris, she's... Does the connection of of food and all of that stuff. Oh my gosh, fabulous woman. I had an opportunity to meet her in the summer. Oh, nice. But she talks about okra and how okra migrated from West Africa with the enslaved and then even in the U.S., right? So during the summer, I was in the South and I was like, oh, fried okra, let me try it Mm. because I love okra. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we have it with okra. We also have it with uh, collard greens. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we make uh, collard greens. Kind of like our Mm -hmm. Mm kutumri. And then we have it with different stews. You can have it with different stews. So there was a phenomenal spot that our friend took me to. Which and one? I had, I forgot the name. And this friend is, um, for those of you, he was on an episode, Asari Ajay. Yes. Artist, architect, renaissance man. So I'll leave in the show notes his episode as well. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Asari took me to this place and I was like, yo. And I had okra uh, with banku. I was like, ah, praise <laughs> black Jesus. <laughs> was it, oh, was it um, the one in East Legon? No, 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 no. Okay. We don't do bougie. We do local. Ah, like, I'm an spots. African woman. Ah, I'm an African woman, right? I don't do bougie. I left the West to come here for what? No, it was a local spot. I'm literally going to find the name because it was really good because I'm a vegetarian in the yes. States and I grew up in Adventist. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ah, I'm going back to Africa. Mm. I'm going to Accra, West Africa. All they do is meat. So I, be- I chose to become a pescatarian while I'm here, which oh, okay. means I'm eating fish. Okay. Uh, and eggs. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in Ethiopia, there's such a variety of yeah, veg- yeah, veggie and, grains, and also yeah. vegan. So when I'm there, I, it's okay for me to find food. Sure. But while I'm here, I was like, eh. Yeah, it's a bit challenging. It's um, interesting you say that because you're leaving mm-hmm. next weekend is the... Um, vegetarian festival, oh. which I just yesterday met with the gentleman who's running it, and hopefully I'll have him as, on a guest soon. But basically highlighting, you know, that there are options, and he said next year it's going to be even bigger because they got big sponsorship, and it's going to be a regional thing. So, nice. so we're trying. Oh, we're trying Asanka local. Uh huh. Okay. Asanka local is where I went. <laughs> oh my god, I had the best okra. Soup with banku. Okay. I didn't know you people, you guys do soup and, and stews yes. differently. So yes. I like the soup style. Uh, yes. I like the soup style. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was really nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you did it have fish in it? No, I had fish in it. Yeah. I had fish okay. In it. Yeah. Okay. I had fish in it. Okay. 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 So we'll have to check that out. Yes. Me, I don't, I can't eat corn, so I can't eat banku. Aww. But I, you know, it's I make okay. do. Fufu. No. Oh, no, fufu. I, don't, I just don't like fufu. Ah. 
I mean, quite honestly, <laughs> I, I know exactly, exactly. I'm such I've, a like. I've turned into an Africa. Ah, I know. And fufu is like one of my my father's favorite dishes, and we ate the. This is what happened. Okay. Growing up in the U.S., fufu was not the fufu. That no, 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 no. It was, it was exactly. <laughs> and so you know, it was lighter, easy to swallow. Yeah. You know, it's fine, right? I have an issue with you people swallowing fufu. Oh, the swallow. Fufu. I was swallow like, food. They were like swallow. I'm like, no, I'm gonna try. <laughs> like the other day, I was telling a sorry. I was like, ooh. I did it twice. I swallowed twice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we grew up with chew your food, taste your food, yeah, right? Now you want yeah. me to swallow it? Ah, yeah, it's a strange yeah, phenomenon. So you know, growing up, you do the swallow, and then coming here, I just was like, it's heavy, mm-hmm. and not to be diet friendly, but it's like just extra calories. Like it doesn't. I love the soup though. I yeah. love soup, but just mm-hmm. to have the calories for yeah. that purpose. Which I mean, I don't live a lifestyle that I need the calories, yeah. but yeah. I I can totally see yeah. how and why mm-hmm. that is the way that that you know that we eat it. Yeah. Not dissing it. I just it's just no. Not it's survival food. That's exactly. It's survival food. That's exactly. the same thing with acida. Exactly. Survival food. Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 So okay. So I just want to wrap up the why the where because I want to find out. Where you landed mm-hmm. and how that experience was. Hey. <laughs> Are you people ready? <laughs> so what had happened again yes. is that my family had an op- after we reunited. Yeah. Uh, we uh, lived in Addis Ababa for several years, mm-hmm. and then we had an opportunity to uh, come through a refugee case. So okay. my mother used her South Sudanese identity, mm. um, and then at the time, my younger brother uh, was sent to Germany for medical work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs a prosthetic. He was born with one leg shorter than the other. Mm-hmm. So he every six months he needed a new prosthetic. Oh, right, because he's growing. Yep, he's yeah. growing. So they didn't have advanced prosthetics. Um, sure. You know, hospitals in Addis at the time, and they were like, "Well, we can adopt him out." My mom was like, Mm-mm, "Not today, not, Satan. Yeah, not, not today. Mine. Yes, not, mm. no, 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 no." no. Uh-huh. So. So we were able to get on the refugee case, and mm-hmm. so it, uh, our process took maybe t- almost three years, because okay. on an average it takes seven years for a refugee to get out of a refugee camp. Wow. So for me, I consider myself actually one of the luckiest ones, yeah. you know, like I spent a little bit of my upbringing in a refugee camp, but that's because my, by choice. My father was a judge, so he mm. was sent to a camp to mm-hmm. do conflict resolution, and mm. my mom worked for the World Food uh, Program at the time. Oh, wow. So that's why I spent most of my formative years in a refugee camp. Oh, okay. So unlike some of South Sudanese that are still in refugee camps yeah. today, um, yeah. Kakuma being one of the famous ones, yeah. uh, Pinyaduk yeah. in Ethiopia is one of the other ones mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in 96, we had the pleasure of being reset by Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services mm-hmm. to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> February. February. In the heart of winter. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> I have never seen snow in my life. I heard of snow because, sure. you know, the Bible, white yes. snow. Yes. We got there. I'm like, what is all this sugar on the ground? <laughs> oh, right. Because it was just white. And they said that was, that was the worst winter they ever had. Wow. I was like, wow, okay. Y'all wow. just going to drop us off. Right. And I was so sad because a lot of the people that came with us, mm-hmm. they resettled them in San Diego. The issue was that I had a cousin in Sioux Falls, and so my mom uh, identified that her sister sent in Sioux Falls, so they did a family reunification. Oh, so that's why we ended up in South Dakota. Oh, wow, you could have been a Cali girl, Uh, yes. 
Except under Everything the code. Everything for its reason. Yeah, most yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think kind of um, speaks to a little bit more of the work that you did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so before we get to that, I want to ask you my global speak question. Okay. So we want to hear what you hear. So I asked you to share a word, a phrase, or a saying that is a meaningful part of your local experience and why or how you came to value it as a local speak. Oh, the other day we went to the market, right? Mm-hmm. And Which market? Oh. Uh, Mokala? Mokala, yeah, yes. we went to Mokala. We went to uh-huh. Mokala. Um, and during our shopping experience, I've heard this word, but I really didn't, you know, until we, this lady, phenomenal customer service. And she was like, ah, oh, beautiful tum tum. I was ah. like, what the heck is a tum tum? And then Asari was like, no, it's like a drum. Do not abroni it, right? Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's like, okay. It's like a drum. Tum, tum. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? They're like black. I was like, Oh, black. Okay. So for uh-huh. me, it's like, since I've been in Accra and, you know, going to different parts of Ghana, it's always been like, your black is beautiful. Your yeah. black is shiny. Yeah. You know, them using the, the English word black is great. But when there's a, you know, yeah, tum tum is in sure, tree, sure, right? Sure. I was like, so this lady, we were shopping and, you know, we were cutting it to prices. Yes. Ah, you know, she's like, ah, my tum tum sister. Ah. ah, I was like, ah, my caramel sister. <laughs> you have to come down with the price now, right? Ah. And it was just, it was, it was phenomenal that being called black is not negative in this country. Yeah. There is a negative connotation for me to being called black in the States, right? Mm. Where I'm clearly like, I'm South Sudanese. So mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. the like of Alek Wag mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, Ducky and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, it's just like wow, your your black is is shiny. We love sure, it. Yeah. Where in the states, yeah. I can get to oh okay, your black is interesting. Or yeah, you know, I, on any given day, I'll go to damn, you dark as shit. To oh wow, you're exotic. Mm, that's so, very American. Yeah, yeah. So here it's like ah, doom doom. Yes. yes. It's all love. It's all love. Yeah, it's it's all love. Yeah, and just being true. recognized is like, oh my god, I would love to have you. I'm just like the amount of women that wish they were like dark skin. Mm-hmm. And then and then you know and then I'd be like, but why do we have skin bleaching products advertised in and this country? Big billboard. Big billboard. Day, oh. I was like, ew, I cannot believe that billboard. My is. goal in relocating to Ghana is yeah. for me to be on a billboard. There to you change go. that imagery. There you go. I'm yeah. gonna be modeling one of these products. Sure. Tum Tum will be exactly. on a billboard. Exactly. I heard <laughs> that. I heard that. So yeah. So we welcome you, and we were looking to see you in yes. bright lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for that. Tum Tum. Oh, thank you. Thank you for catching part one of my conversation with Nyamal Tudel. Be sure to catch us again next week when we go deeper into her works and her travels in Africa. And as always, you can catch us each and every Tuesday with a new episode at www.glocalcitizenspod.com and wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, bye for now.